Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is John Appleton, an Alexander Technique teacher who lives in Springfield, Missouri. John is the developer of posture release imagery, which is, I guess we could call it an offshoot or an extension of the Alexander Technique. We've done a previous interview uh, in which he talks about the posture release imagery process and provided a couple of exercises. We'll put a link to that by the podcast. And today we're going to do one or possibly two more um, exercises that will help you, uh, the listener, explore this idea. John, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Robert. I'm really happy to be here again. Uh, I do have a couple more things that I, uh, a couple more image exercises that I can talk about here on the podcast that don't require uh, lo- pictures to look at. And I sh- oh. we, we should say here that John has a website with lots and lots of pictures, and we'll put a link to that as well, and a great many other exercises that you can do on on your own. Um, John, could you begin by just giving our listeners a short description of the Alexander Technique so that everyone knows what the underlying process is that we're talking about here? Sure. That underlying process is a good way to put it. Uh, The Alexander Technique is a method, and actually my additions uh, head that way too, but it's a method of overcoming... uh, habits of use that interfere interfere with our lives in in big ways giving us unnecessary pain unnecessary uh fatigue and and just a a less bright outlook on life you know there's a variety of things that uh, that our bodies can interfere with which are work fine when natural and the alexander technique uh does, goes a long way to uh, breaking down those habits. The harmful habits, so that we can yes. restore um, what well, I guess we could call it our innate good functioning. Yeah, I, I suppose so. Right? But, but where, so that we can develop a, a gracefulness, which, uh, you know, there are people we see uh, in. Uh, in the entertainment world, who on occasion are extremely graceful, and I, I have to believe that a lot of that is innate, even though their skills have been improved considerably as they develop their craft. Mm-hmm. And a, a really good example of that would be Fred Astaire, I think. Oh yeah, a perfect it, example. Exactly. So <laughs> let's begin uh, with. We're gonna we're gonna see whether we have time to do one or two exercises in this uh, particular uh, podcast. And John, I would ask you to begin with with the first one you want to do, and okay. you'll do most of the talking. But if I have a question, sure, I might sure. I might jump in. But I think this is gonna be mostly you talking today. That's fine. Uh, feel free to jump in. Okay, this uh, this image is designed to. Um, uh, let me just talk about it just a, real quickly. We have thoughts about what we do. We have thoughts about how to stand up, how to sit down, how to turn our neck to the right or the left. We might not 
think them in words, but we have preconceived ideas about what that means. And what this image is going to do is, is uh, confuse the information we think is so valuable to what we do. The reality is that it, uh, animals uh, who don't have the thought process we do move about, most of them quite well, and so would we without so many thoughts about how we should stand, how we should sit. So here goes. I'm assuming most of you uh, listening to this are sitting in a chair. I'd like to uh, have you sit up in the chair a little bit, like maybe move yourself a little bit towards the front of the chair uh, so that you're not uh, folded right, right back against the back of the seat. And you don't have to be ramrod straight, but I just want you to be a, a little bit alert. Now, while you're sitting there, and your legs are in front of you, your, your arms are in your lap, just relaxed. I want you to imagine, that in fact, something as strange is happening. You are not actually sitting there at all, but you are standing. What I want you to do is to imagine that the chair underneath you and the floor under you must be some sort of a mirage, because what is in fact happening is your hips are actually straight, and your leg, I mean your legs are straight below your hips, and you are standing on a surface which is lower, in fact, than the, that the floor you think is there <laughs> is. So you're, this is the kind of thing you, you try, and it, you might have a fleeting moment where you think that's, that the image is true. Don't worry about if it isn't technicolor that you're experience, experiencing. Just imagine that you're standing and not sitting. Okay, now I hope that most of you, we'll have to do it later if not now, but I hope most of you can actually, in fact, stand up. I'd like to have you stand up. Okay, you're standing now in front of, of a desk, perhaps, and I want you to imagine that no, you're not standing up, you're in fact sitting. You're sitting exactly where you were. So, What's happened as a result of this image is that your legs have folded and your, and your weight is supported on the chair that you were on. And the floor that supports your feet has come up to meet them. Okay, now one more time, I want you all in reality to sit down. Now you're seated. Imagine you're standing. Okay, you know the process. I don't have to repeat that over and over again. But that's a valuable little game to play. And after I do a couple more things, we'll talk about what I think is happening. Now, now you're really seated in the, seated in the chair again, and you're ready for the next part of this image. I would like you to, I hope you're far enough back away from things that you can take your arms as you're seated there and open them wide, open them wide to the world, as though there were throngs of people <laughs> who loved you and you were accepting that, uh, their praise or something. But anyway, you have your arms wide open, expansive to the world. But while you're doing that, I want you to imagine that your arms are in fact 
folded in front of you on your chest. Keep your arms open. Keep your arms really open. But imagine that your arms are folded in front of you on your chest. Now, I want you to, in fact, fold your arms in front of you on your chest. But, and you know the, you know the routine here, but imagine that your arms, in fact, are spread wide open. If you do this, I, don't, I can't guarantee what everyone is experiencing, but if, I do know that if you do this a couple times, you will, you will notice changes mainly in the core of your body, in your shoulders, or down in your, uh, but in the trunk of your body, as you imagine one thing and do the opposite. What I'm going to be arguing is that you, you are, your core is becoming more stable. It's becoming a little bit less involved in all the little movements you make. You want the core to be able to move, but only when it's needed. Okay, we're going to carry on into some new areas. As let, let me just interrupt here, if I sure. might, because sure. I have been doing those along with you. And what I noticed in both cases, the, the thing that jumped out at me initially was that my breathing eased up a little bit or became a okay. little fuller, I guess is a better way to put it. Right. Which right. I think ties in with what you said about uh, core uh, not getting overly involved in things. Yeah, so, I mean, our lungs are definitely part of our core. They, so that, yeah, yeah. that, yeah. Well, good. <laughs> That's a, so there's a, uh -huh. there's my, my experience. And, and it is, it is um, uh, in line, your, your ideas, we might be getting slightly off topic here, but your ideas to me, uh, the images uh, are a tiny bit reminiscent of, um, the work of Missy Vineyard, uh, t her take on, on Alexander inhibition. We're getting a little technical here, but basically just saying no to whatever it is you're doing. Right, exactly. Um, it's, it's, right. It sounds to me as though that is, uh, we're not going to really get into that here, but, but, it, but it, <clears throat> it does seem to me to be... Um, sure, I, 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 I would agree with that. And yeah. I, I think it's that basically these... These are just exercises in uh, in thinking in a counterintuitive way. Exactly. Because what you normally think is so often an interference rather than an addition to the process. Because these kind of movements I'm doing right now do not require uh, having any particular um, skill. <laughs> you know, it, it can be done by any natural body in, in, in good health, you know. They're very easy to do, and right. you can do them in a variety of situations as well. Right. Well, let me carry on with a couple more, because that, okay. these might tie in a little bit with the, with the head and neck. We'll see. And we should say here, that the head and neck and upper torso is very much a, a major focus of a lot of Alexander Technique teaching. Absolutely, it's, uh, it's and, and for good reason. Certainly, it's uh, uh, the the head and neck area I'm talking about. I I call it the head, neck, and actually taking in part of the shoulder, just the, the front part of it. I consider that what I call the director segment. 
mm-hmm. meaning it meaning it does really uh, not only just in our thoughts but in its movement it calls the shots for the rest of the body. Yeah, and that's yeah. very much in line with Alexander's uh, sure primary control, prime, primary yeah. control. Right. Okay, so let's move on to the head neck exercise. Okay, well, uh, right now. As everyone's seated here, or, or maybe they're a little confused at this point, whether they're standing or sitting, but as you're seated there, I want you to just cast your eyes downward and at the same time allow your eyes to, or allow your head to tip a little bit. We're not trying to freeze up, but basically you're casting your eyes downward, so you're looking down at the floor, down in, in between your legs, let's say. And and it's sort of a contemplative mood you might put yourself into when you're just sort of relaxing, looking downward. And then I want you to imagine that this isn't, in fact, what's happening, but in fact, your eyes are cast upward and your head is slightly turned upward. You're just imagining that, though, and the fact is you're looking downward. And so imagine that your eyes are cast upward, looking at the ceiling. And your head is just maybe lightly turned to, because it has to be to a little bit, little degree. Now, go ahead and throw your eyes up and allow your head to come up a little bit and take a look up at the ceiling. Don't make it an extreme thing. I don't need to be looking straight above you or anything, but just sort of upward towards the ceiling. With your eyes cast up, your head, chin upward a bit. But you're imagining just the opposite. You're imagining that you're back in that first position, that you're looking down. Keep your eyes upward. Keep your eyes where we're... But your, your eyes are cast down and your head's kind of cast, tipped down. You can allow your lower body to move around a little bit. You can allow a little bit of movement. We're not trying to freeze ourselves here. Okay, let that let your real head and eyes cast down again. But imagine that the eyes popped up and the head popped up. Okay, you can be you can save this and redo this exercise. You can re-listen to the exercise or you can do it on your own once you get used to it. But now in that same here you're uh, sitting up here. Now I'd like you to turn your eyes to the left and turn your head a little bit to the left. So you're looking out over your left shoulder a little bit, just a little. But imagine the reverse is happening. Now let the reverse happen. Let your uh, Actually turn your head and your, uh, your eyes to the right and your head to the right. But imagine, in fact, they've gone the opposite way and they are looking to your left and your head is tipped to the left and your eyes are to the left. Now you can just let your head kind of pop back, spring back to the center line and look out straight again. I think that you'll be noticing from those two exercises some little changes in head, neck, Maybe even farther than that, maybe down in the maybe down the chest, maybe clear down to the hips. There's all kinds of little shifts that can take place. Um, 
Yeah, I've I found that I found the same thing happen with me uh, during those. Uh, the, the thing that jumped out at me was a little uh, b- release in breathing, b- but also a little bit of an expansion in my torso. Mm-hmm. Which, um, and actually, um, at the end there, when you suggested looking uh, straight ahead, uh, I thought, well, since we're into reversing things, I imagine that I had an eye in the back of my head and was looking backwards and got the same result. Yeah, right. How about that, John? <laughs> sure. you got to well, sign me up for posture <laughs> release imagery cons- consultation. Yeah. Well, the reality <laughs> is that anyone doing this... Uh, after a short while, gets experimental. I, it's not against the law to be experimental, and, and, you, and you really might hit something that works well. Uh, uh, I do think I've worked on this long enough to have a bit of a structure that's worth following, but the reality is that you know, imagery is a fairly wide-open field. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, not all of it bringing the same good results, though, I would say. Now, where do I... I you know what I'll do with the rest of this? I'll, I'll have people think about this on their own because you're letting me know that, in fact, people might actually they think faster than I talk. And that is, play with your hands a bit. I want you to make make fists out of your hands right now. Maybe put the two fists sort of close together and make fists. But, here we go, imagine that your hands are spread wide open, your fingers are wide open, and even even backward a bit, that they are sort of folded backward on themselves. But keep the fist. It might cause you to move around a little bit in the arms or elsewhere. Now open up your fingers, open them up wide, and, and bend them backward to whatever extent you can. But imagine you've got fists, that you've made fists. Okay, I'm gonna. I'll say at this point that in myself and it, what I've noticed the most in, in in some students too is that that has a a nice effect on shoulders. It it causes shoulders a a, a little movement back and forward, and they, and they find a a resting place which is a little bit more open. Yeah, and again, I think that fits in with the kind of classical. Um, Alexander idea of inhibition, which as, certainly as mm, talked about by Missy Vineyard, um, or her her version of it, which I, I like a lot, which is basically you're just saying no in various ways to what you're doing. So, uh-huh. Well, you're saying no a little bit colorfully by, by means the of imagining the opposite. Absolutely. <laughs> Whereas with her, her approach would be simply just to say no. And the, I think, the, to me, the idea behind that is that, let's say, um, uh, say you're walking down the street and you just say, well, I'm not walking, but of course you are still moving your your legs, your legs yeah. and arms yeah. and so on, but you just say to yourself very softly, I'm not walking. I think what that does is it kind of opens up some new possibilities. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it, it's, it's really saying I'm not 
quote walking unquote where where the quotation it refers to your concept of walking right. which I, uh, what you're really, in fact, doing is you're, you're not walking it, using your concept of walking exactly. without stop. You know? Exactly. And, of course, anyone looking at you would say, you know, he's still walking. And if they were very observant, <laughs> sure. they might notice sure. that you're walking a little, a little more easily. Sure. So to me, uh, I mean, just I'm just kind of thinking off the top of my head here. But to me, the imagery, the specific imagery that you're uh, engaged in a lot is, as, as you said, a kind of a colorful version of that. Right. You know, another way to look at this might be uh, a big word used frequently now is uh, mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think uh, both in what Missy describes and, and the imagery I'm giving right here and other imagery uh, creates the experience of options. And so you become more mindful of your whole body. If you imagine you're looking down, but in fact are looking up or something like that, then you, you get a new, um, you get a wealth of new sensations that the body says, well, I think this could be part of my uh, uh, repartee. You know, I we can have a whole variety of uh, sensations and many of them are actually sensations of ease that can creep into the body the more mindful we are of of all parts of the body as and mindfulness is something other than being focused it's just to be just mildly mindful (laughs) of of Mm -hmm. body parts you know when you say not the same as focusing uh, focusing maybe being seen as a little um, stronger activity or one that is might yeah. sneak in some concentration, which is certainly not what I think you're after here and certainly not what Alexander it, teachers are usually after. No, because, no, actually, it, because concentration pretty much always involves some tension, some extra tension that you don't need. I would say, I would say, yeah. Attentiveness maybe doesn't, but I, I've, I'm interrupting because this is a big point for me. When, I, when I'm giving people imagery to think about, I, I spend a lot of time making sure that they're not concentrated on the imagery. You know, right, right. let it pass through their mind, but it, they don't have to do a great job. You know, just, just see what it does because the concentration will uh, destroy the effect, you know. Or, you know, another way of saying that in, in, in terms of see if you see if you agree with this in terms of your imagery and in general in terms of alexander technique directions is uh don't be so concerned about getting them right or certainly don't be concerned about hanging on to them let right. them let them right. go and then when you notice they're gone just lightly bring them back right it's there's still diligence and there's still work involved in in both the technique and in, in successful imagery. I, I don't want to say that it's just something you just lightly play with, but uh, be mindful that uh, you have concentrated too much in your musculature, in your eyes, or in your mind, and you're putting too much attention, and you're unable to observe other little things at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, it it does take practice for people to sure to carry sure. a th- to have a thought 
but to have it light, to have it lightly. Sure, and it's a difficulty for all of us, uh, maybe forever. You know, there's there's a challenge to improving our use that doesn't go away, (laughs) even though we've gotten pretty good in some ways. You know. So, John, do you think this might be a good spot to end this in, this uh, podcast? I would say, sure. And um, uh, so, I well, can. I I will say that I I can come up with some others. Uh, for the most part, I I think it's uh, most of my material requires or certainly benefits from looking at the illustrations I've made. But but there's there's a couple others that I think I can come up with that don't require too vivid a picture, you know? Well, why don't we save those for a second podcast because we're okay. running up. A, we don't want to make these too long. Um, today, um, I that, guess... That'll be a third podcast. A third podcast, podcast. Yeah. right. Well, because there is already one on, on the podcast site and we'll put a link to where that can be found. Um, my my guest today has been John Appleton, who's an Alexander Technique teacher in Springfield, Missouri, and he's the developer of posture release imagery. There are many, many more exercises you can find on his website, and there, there's there are lots of things to explore there. So, John, thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you, Robert. It's it's always fun to, to talk with you, really.